Welcome to Zero to CEO, where seasoned entrepreneurs will teach you how to succeed. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. In today's episode of Zero to CEO, I have with me managing partner at Vici Partners, Alec Hudnut. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. And this is going to be cool because we're going to be talking about uh, using proven strategies to grow your business. And in your case, it sounds like you've had uh, quite success in getting earnings of businesses to boost. And a lot of people are probably going to want to know how you can boost your business earnings by 25 to 100% uh, within two years or 24 months. Um, let's just start things off with maybe like the top three tips you have for people to boost business earnings. Well, the first tip is it has to be important to them. And, and you know, that, that sounds kind of silly, but um, there are a lot of companies out there that are just focused on revenue growth, whether that revenue growth is profitable or not. And, um, you know, you've seen recently in the press how especially a number of the large tech companies are doing big layoffs because they focused on growth and not on profitability. So the first tip is profitability matters more than anything else. So focus on that. Um, and a lot of clients won't work with us because they don't think that's the most important thing. And, um, that's fine. You know, we work on a, we work on a contingency basis. So we want people <laughs> who care a lot about profitability because that's, that's how we, uh, that's how we earn a living. But, you know, there's a good chunk of companies, especially sort of overhyped public companies that are getting valued on multiples of revenue and they are focused on growth, but not profitable growth. So number one is focus on, focus on the profits. Number two takeaway, which is not intuitive, is that the answer almost always lies inside of the company to improve profits in your employees, in your customers, in your suppliers. And, you know, you, you don't need a fancy new strategy. You don't need expensive consultants coming in and telling you what to do. You just need to do a better job of listening. The answer lies within so listen differently to your own employees, to your suppliers, to your customers, and they will help you uh, to increase your profitability. And oftentimes, you know, a frontline employee can't uh, state something in a way that you as a CEO can take action on it. So you got to help them out, right? Oftentimes it starts as a complaint. Oh, you know, I'm getting too much overtime and it's affecting my family and I, I can't do so much overtime. So please don't schedule it for me. Well, that's a complaint. Employees not coming to you with a solution, but it's the kernel of a profit improvement opportunity. So, you know, if you're sitting with the employee or, you know, one of the managers is sitting with the employee and saying, okay, well, you know, why are you doing so much overtime? And they're, they're like, well, you know, we're, 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 the schedule isn't filled up enough and pe people aren't coming in. Okay, well, then you either have a systems problem in terms of scheduling or you're not hiring the right people or you're not incenting people to keep to their existing schedules or you're not penalizing them when they don't. And if you can fix that, you have less overtime, which solves a problem for this particular employee, but probably saves the company money too 
because at overtime you're paying one and a half times or two times. And so if you can get people on a normal schedule to do the work and not pay overtime, you're saving the company money. So lesson number two is, is the answer lies within. Um, and you just have to learn how to listen in a different way and help employees and suppliers talk to you in a way that it's not just a complaint, but that you're solving the problem together to, um, you know, improve the company and then improving the company or improving profitability. And the third tip is that you want people in your company, if you're a CEO, who behave like owners and not like employees. And there's a big difference. So, you know, when we're working with companies, one of the first questions we ask everybody that we meet and interview is, if you owned the company, would you do anything differently to serve the customers better, to streamline operations, to reduce the amount of capital expenditures we're making? And people always have something to say. They always have an idea. I mean, think about any company you ever worked at and the things you wanted to change. Well, if you act more like an owner, you're more likely to change those things. So, so we always ask people, if you were an owner, if you owned the company, what would you do differently to treat the customers better, to improve our profitability? And everybody usually has an opinion. And those opinions are the kernels, again, of good ideas, good initiatives, which you can craft together with a person who came up with it and implement, and they will, in many cases, improve profitability. So, number so much, one is you, so much good stuff you got to care. Back there. <laughs> yeah, number one, you got to care about uh, you got you got to care about profitability. That's and, absolutely I, and, and actually, I wanted to ask you because you mentioned earlier when you said that you said people don't think that's the thing to focus on. What is the things that they tell you that it's not profitability that's important? You said they mentioned other things. What are those things? So, you know, if you're in a uh, unicorn-funded, private, VC-funded, PE-funded startup, you you know, you're, you're being encouraged to validate the market, to validate your offering, to, to, to grow your sales quickly. And, and I would argue that if you do that and you do it in an unprofitable way, that you aren't learning anything about the market. Mm. For example, my wife runs a, a garden design business. If she gave all the flowers away and all the plants away to her customers, she'd have a $50 million business overnight. That wouldn't mean anything, <laughs> right? It would be, she'd be losing $10 million. Losing, yeah. Right? You know? So it, going to sell it's the just, flowers. You, yeah, you got to, you, you know, you got to be selling something at a profit. And if you're not, it's not real. So there are a lot of, you know, unicorn-backed companies that, that haven't really gotten it yet because their owners are focused on different things. And I would argue that unless you're focused on profitable growth, it's, it's fake. It's not you, real. What would you say? And, and similarly, would... sim, similarly, you've got big public companies um, that are very focused on revenue growth. These are multi-billion dollar tech right. companies that are really focused on revenue growth. And yes, revenue growth is important and it needs to be profitable revenue. Right. You can't say you're making $20 million a year, but you're losing five. You know, because at that point, right. and a lot of a lot of startups are funded with that. Oh my gosh, you got to twenty million in revenue. 
And you see, you know, in a, you know, when you watch Shark Tank, a lot of times these companies, uh, they'll, you know, wow the sharks and say, yeah, my, my company made $3 million last year. And then like Kevin O'Leary will be like, well, how much did you make in profit last year? Oh, we lost 500,000. Yeah. <laughs> then, so that doesn't count. It's yeah, fake. It's it not real. Count. Yeah. Right? What, what would you say to a co, a co-founder of a startup or business owners that, they have a mainly, say it's a consumer facing product, um, you know, like an Instagram or a Snapchat where the, the growth is all about getting as many members on the app as possible and then monetizing once you have, say, you know, two million users or whatever. Is that still fake or do you think that having all those members is worth something? I, I, I rather would rather start small. So my, my, my youngest son, while he's in college, he started an Instagram a small Instagram, uh, you know, basically company that reports on the sort of underground music scene at UCLA. He's also in a band. He's got, you know, 3000 followers. He's never spent any money on the site and he's making money on it. So he's got something that somebody perceives as valuable and is willing to pay for. And I, I, I really think you know, you, 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 if you're a co-founder and you've gotten, you know, $25 million of venture investment, you need to treat it like it's your own money. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and only spend it the way you would spend your own money. And if you're starting a business on your own, you don't just start a company without really understand. Imagine you have to feed your family in the next year yeah. on the business. What would you do? And that will lead you towards a profitable strategy. And it's the same at big companies, you know, it's, it's, it, especially in the tech world, you know, they get very focused on um, growing the top line. Right. And many of them have lost 75% of their market caps in the past six to 12 months because yeah, now, now the world as a whole is saying, okay, you know, it's uh that's great that you're growing, but you're still losing a hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, you're unless you're profitable, you're at risk, right? You're yeah. at risk. If you're profitable, you're never at risk. So it almost sounds so like it almost sounds like um, founders and entrepreneurs have to almost kind of force a revenue model into their app if they weren't previously thinking about doing that. For example, um, I know people who are building apps where monetization wasn't on their timeline because they were so focused on user experience and getting members on board, but now. They have to kind of not only not really pivot, but more take the business plan they had for, say, one or two years ahead from now and bring it in now, which is disrupting their their development process. So but it sounds like you're saying that's the right move anyway. I think so. I mean, there certainly are examples out there of companies that have been sold for a billion dollars plus who who did not focus on making money. Right. YouTube's a great example. Right. It focused on, you know, it's a brand new category that they kind of invented and they grew users and they made themselves big enough and sticky enough that somebody who knew how to monetize those users bought them right. because they knew that under their umbrella, um, they could monetize those users. So that is a possible strategy so long as you have a way for somebody to monetize the users. But, you know, focusing on profitability, that's, that's lesson number one. Lesson number two is the answer is more than often than not inside the company already. You just need to figure out a way to listen. And number three, everybody should behave like an owner 
and not like an employee. And one way you can accomplish that as a CEO is pushing stock options and ownership down to more people in the company, you know, and in, in some cases to everybody in the company. And then people care about the stock price. And if they care about the stock price, they're going to care about profitability and earnings. And if they do that, then they're acting like an owner. Yeah, and so point. we at Vici Partners, you know, we work with companies as small as $50 million in revenue. We work with companies over $50 billion in revenue. And we apply the same approach in those companies. Now, in a big, huge company, we're going to have a much larger team working at the client. But the problems are the same in the small companies and the big companies. Yeah. And uh, they can be solved by those three things. Um that's fantastic. I you mean, know, yeah. and what are some of the, you just mentioned giving out stock options, but what are some other ways of engaging your employees to drive the company to success? Well, I think as a CEO, you can set the tone. You can set the tone as an owner. So I love CEOs who fly coach and who park in a, the parking lot in a space that doesn't have their name on it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and who, you know, uh, get, get out, you know, in the middle of their employees, they have a, uh, a desk next to their secretary. Sure. They have a nice conference room when they have important board meetings and they have confidential discussions, et cetera, but they're, they're out with the folks. They haven't forgotten what it was like when they were 25, when they were first starting out at a company, they remember that they remember how they wanted to be treated. And they, you know, they put the customers first, not, not in a way that they're not going to make money on each customer, right? You have to have a profitable customer relationship, but they're always thinking about the customer. They're always listening. They're trying not to spend a lot of money on, on silly things. They're signaling to the company that profitability matters and that, that just permeates the business. It's a great thing to take home. And what are what are some of the ways people can find you online or where they can potentially uh, use your services? So if they go to vicipartners.com, V-I-C-I partners with an S.com, they can see our website. Um, you can also email me directly at ahudnut, A-H-U-D-N-U-T at vicipartners.com. And, you know, we love serving our clients we historically have helped people grow their profitability by at least 25% in two years. Wow. And we, we, we believe it enough that 75% of our fees are contingent. contingent. So yeah. when the clients improve their cash flow, they pay us. That's a good model. You can't really uh, argue that. Fantastic. This was uh, great, Alec. I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully some people here will uh, focus on profitability in the near future. <laughs> And, Thank you uh, very much, Jason. Enjoyed talking with you. It was a pleasure. And as always, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you learned something today, please support this podcast by subscribing to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review. You can learn more about me at jasonsherman.org, where you'll find information about my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon, as well as my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy or Skillshare. I'll see you in next week's episode.